You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to participate, if you'd like to get your voice on the air, your opinions, your thoughts, your feelings... Please feel free to call in 608-501-0718. Just leave a message, and I'll get to it as soon as I can. New callers go directly to the front of the line. I'm scrolling around, and I don't see any, so I don't think we have any. We are very, very behind. I apologize for that. I'm doing the best I can. Uh, The next call is going to be from Dakota, that nerd, and this is from Wednesday. So we're getting to be about a week behind here, just for perspective. Hey, Ryan. Hey, y'all. This is Dakota, that nerd in Tennessee. Hey. Um, so I'm, I'm listening to Packernet After Dark, and all of a sudden an idea hits me, and it has nothing to do with what anybody's talking about. So uh, I'm just going to say this, and hopefully I don't mess with the feng shui that is, uh, or that occurs in uh, Packernet After Dark call log. But uh, so I was hearing somebody previously, and it got me to thinking, say that uh, I think it was Thomas Austin, actually. What's up, buddy? Um <laughs> But uh, that they want a veteran wide receiver and a safety. Well, I, I I can go with the safety. I can go for the safety. Yeah, it'd be nice to have somebody that can pick up this defense a little quicker than the uh, the, the newbies might, or rather the uh, rookies might. But um, as far as a veteran wide receiver, I want nothing of the. Uh, of the kind. I don't want a veteran wide receiver to come in, actually. I, and I have said that in the past, but I've been thinking about it. I honestly think the perfect veteran on offense would be Mercedes Lewis. And hear me out, all right? So we have two new tidings, all right? One of them, Tucker Craft, theoretically, should be the better blocker. But both of them are able to catch. Both of them are able to be offensive weapons. Um I don't know if you can hear. I have the GPS on it. It just yelled in my ear. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're good. But uh, so if we get Mercedes Lewis, I honestly believe he can open up the offense for these uh, rookie white or sorry rookie tight ends to to actually produce a little bit more in the receiving game. Um, so I mean, he of course would be a coach, right? He, he's an excellent blocker, so he could help in that regard, but, uh, and, and teaching the new tight ends, but just he blocks himself, right? Um, his excellent blocking, he can come in and he'll open up lanes for our newer tight ends to work on their receiving game, which in my opinion is one of the easier portions of a tight end's um, job, right? So they're, they're one of the hardest jobs because you're learning everything. Uh, you're learning backfield. You're learning blocking. You're learning routes, right? Um, you're IDing the defense. You're, you're doing all this stuff. Um, and I, I think running right, or sorry, receiving is one of the easiest portions of their job. And this would allow them to kind of build confidence, catch some balls, get some stats, you know, that sort of stuff. I don't know. I don't know if I successfully conveyed what I'm trying to say, but uh, let me know what you think. All right. Peace. I don't know why every time 
when I'm supposed to start talking, I have to yawn. It, it happens right before... I, I think it happens during the intro because I take a deep breath. So it's kind of like a slow, deep breath in, and then it's like... But that slow, deep breath triggers a yawn, so it always messes with me. But it's like I have to talk, and I can feel it coming. It's like, oh, come on, man. Every time. But anyways... um. Yeah, so s- since your call, we have learned that uh, Mercedes Lewis does not intend to come back and play for the Green Bay Packers. I, I-, I guess I'm somewhat torn on the whole veteran thing in general. Um, and one of the things that I mentioned on tomorrow's podcast comes from the Sports Illustrated article that was written about the trade that took place uh, between the Jets and the Packers for Aaron Rodgers and some of the insights or whatever. But one of the things that was mentioned in the article was how, for example, the the Packers' over-reliance on veterans and not allowing the young guys to play, from his perspective anyways, as he wrote the article, Albert Breer wrote it, um, had to do with this sort of all-in philosophy. In other words, we'd love to let the young guys play more, but we're really just trying to push as hard as we can to get this win. And so with Aaron Rodgers gone and all these veterans now gone, not saying they're not trying to win, but there isn't an over-reliance on we can't just sit here and, and train guys. You know, we, we we need guys that know what they're doing so we can go now. In other words, the, the Packers, I believe, are going to be much more open, willing, excited, and, and geared toward letting young guys play, even if it means it's not necessarily the exact best thing for right this second, right? Week one, would you like to have Mercedes Lewis? Yes. But the problem is, if he plays week one, is anybody else ready? Not really. You know, some of these guys, in some cases, they take a couple snaps and they slowly get acclimated as the season goes on, and maybe by the end of the season they're doing something. Other guys, they sit and they don't really get opportunities because of the people that are in front of them. And so because he played week one, he has to play week two. And because he played week one and two, he has to play week three. And so we're stunting the growth and, and, and potentially even hurting ourselves even the first season because maybe you know, them playing a ton early on could have got them more ready and then we could have had an upgraded better player at the end of the season. I don't really know. But the point is, that whole philosophy, I believe, is going to go somewhat out the window. And so safety might be a different discussion, but for for positions like wide receiver and tight end, I think although the Packers are somewhat open to the idea of bringing in veterans, I think they're also much more open to the idea of let them go out there and learn. And, and it's going to come with some bumps and bruises and some mistakes, but it is what it is because um, getting them up to speed as soon as possible as our new core is the most important thing, right? These guys are the guys, so we need them ready to play. Having Mercedes Lewis doesn't really help us with that goal unless our goal is screw everything else. We need to win this game directly in front of us right now. And when you're all in, that's kind of the, the thing, right? We, we, we cannot sacrifice any games for the sake of growing our tight ends and wide receivers. So I'm not opposed to it necessarily, but I, I also just don't necessarily see the point. Um, even if the tight ends are struggling, I mean, what does that mean? They're going to be Robert Tunyon? Yeah, they probably can't block as well as Mercedes Lewis. That's true. But you know what? I, and that's, that's just sort of my general feeling in, with, with everything, with Jordan Love, with the wide receivers, with the tight ends. I'm not sitting here trying to say that they're going to be great. I'm saying I don't know and I don't care. I just want to see it and I want them to grow and I want to get the best out of them we can. And then once we figure out what they are, we make decisions accordingly. If after this we still need tight ends, then we go get tight ends. If we still need wide receivers, we go get wide receivers. If we still need a quarterback, we go get a quarterback. But let's quit screwing around. Get these guys on the field. Go play and let's see what we got. 
but we're delaying the inevitable. Whether the inevitable is being an elite football team or needing to replace these people that we brought in. But one of those things is the reality, and we got to get there. We're just delaying that. I guess that's kind of where I'm at. And I, I do understand, like, well, Mercedes could maybe help them. That's fine if you want to bring him back in a limited role, but but that's not going to happen. He's going to play is, is sort of the issue, and he's going to stunt the growth of guys like Tucker Craft, who should be taking that role. Uh, hey, uh, I called right back because I <clears throat> really don't think that I conveyed why I didn't want a veteran receiver. I, I want all of our new receivers to get all the snaps they can get. They yeah. can make mistakes. They can all learn together. Um, I don't need a veteran receiver coming and taking those snaps away. Where Mercedes Lewis, when he comes in, he wouldn't really be receiving. I mean, for the simple fact that he's blocking. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's true, but neither is Tucker Kraft because he's going to be on the bench. You know what I mean? I mean, it's we're not going to have Josiah DeGuara and Tucker Kraft and Luke Musgrave and um, Mercedes Lewis on the field. You know, I mean, we're only going to be utilizing, and, and I think Tucker Kraft would be the, he'd be the biggest beneficiary of having a guy like that to teach him, but he'd be the one probably on the field the least because Mercedes Lewis would be doing that job. You know what I mean? And, and of course, Tucker would be out there, and maybe they would, transition Mercedes off the field more, but it just doesn't feel like something the Packers would want to do. You know, we want to bring you back and then bench you so that you can be a, a, a teacher but not really play very much, you know, limited snaps or whatever. I don't know. I mean, it's it's not a terrible rotation, especially when, when you look at it from the standpoint of a spectrum and he being on the far end of great blocker, not very good receiver. Um, But I, again, I, I, just, I just think it's it's the Packers are in a, you know, it's time to cut the umbilical cord phase. You know, we, we've we've had for years Mercedes Lewis, and hey, he can coach up Sternberger, and he can coach up DeGuara, and he can coach, he coach up, coach up, coach up, coach up, right? And all the wide receivers, Randall Cobb, he can coach up, coach up. We, we've been doing that for years and years and years. It's time for you to just, you know, it's time to go. It's time to go to work. So, you know, again, I, I it's not a devastating thing if we bring somebody in, but... Um, I just, it feels like everybody's kind of on the same page, the Packers and, and whatnot, as far as that's more the direction we need to go. Um, he, uh, you know, five to 10 plays out of the year, they might swap it up and have Tucker Kraft block and have, you know, big dog run out and catch a ball five yards and fall down, you know, something like that. But, um, no, as far as not having a veteran wide receiver, uh, and me starting to switch teams in that regard is I don't want uh, I don't want them taking any snaps away from these rookies. I, I just want to see the new guys get out there. Yeah, I want to see them play. I want to see them make mistakes. I want to see them learn from it. I want them to get as many snaps as they can get. All right, peace. Yeah, I agree, and I I, I guess I would just say that that for that same reason, you know, it's the same logic I would apply to the tight ends, right? I mean. I would love to have a veteran there to kind of coach him up in any way that they possibly can. But the problem is he's going to play, and that means other guys are not. Um, and it, it may be minuscule. It may be a minor thing in terms of guys not getting on the field all that much. And it, I don't know. You'd have to lay it all out in terms of this is how many snaps they'd get and how much, you know, and, and really cost-benefit from that standpoint. How much is the benefit compared to the lost reps and whatnot and it's it's probably minuscule either way which is why i don't massively care but i i do think i'm i'm to the point now where it's like you know it's time to it's time to sink or swim a little bit you know 
I mean, it's, it, we, we can't act like there aren't coaches on the team. You know what I mean? It's not like, well, there's no veterans, so the receivers have no idea what they're doing anymore. Well, of course they That's what the coach's job is. The, the players assist with the coaches, maybe. I don't even know how much they would necessarily offer above and beyond, you know? Maybe just to be able to say, hey, you know, this, this kind of helped me when I was struggling to learn that thing or whatever. I don't know. But, again, that's what the coaches are there for. Hey, Ryan, this is Aaron. I'm just giving you a quick call. Um, you'll get to it eventually, because uh, I know you have more calls than Michael Scott on Pretzel Day. <laughs> but anyways, I am going to just kind of give you another office reference to yes. like, what the, is going on with the Packers situation right now. By the way, I don't know if you guys knew this or not. Um, I've known about it for a while, but maybe I just haven't said it. It's um, Peacock has the super fan episodes. So if you're like me and you've been watching The Office since, oh, gee, I don't know. I don't know when I started like watching it on loop. It has to be close to 10 years. Watching those super fan episodes on Peacock is like watching the uh, the office all over again. And some of the best scenes in the entire show are are were apparently cut out and these super fan episodes just put them back in. So I mean there there are entire like 5 minute scenes that are just added in. So, pro tip for all the uh, the Office fan. I mean, I, I thought I even went through the Super Fan episodes, but apparently I still missed a bunch. Plus, I fall asleep now, so it's like I missed a couple episodes. Well, I guess I'll catch it the next time back around, you know. But man, those those episodes are freaking hilarious. Anyway, sorry. So, um, remember that one scene in the Office where everybody hated Nellie, so they like found out that she's scared of magicians, so they yes. hired a magician and to kind of like freak her out why is jim treating the magician poorly or like she hates magicians or whatever and so they got a magician to come into the office right and in this situation let's picture brian gutekunst as the magician and then you've got um aaron Rodgers, who is um jim okay i think what was my i don't know <laughs> and then, well, you know, Aaron Rodgers, who is God, Nelly, I don't know. I got it. I got it mixed up. Anyways, so you have Brian Gutekunst, who's the general manager, and he just gets hired, and it's his job, and he's doing the best that he can. And then you've got um, Jim, who is, I think Nelly's Aaron Rodgers in this situation. Anyways. <laughs> I'd have to draw it out. I'm, I'm lost. I don't know where I'm going with this. That's all right. Literally, when I was inside, I had it, and then I stepped outside, and I'm forgetting um, but anyways, it comes down to Jim's being mean to the magician. Right. So you've got all these fans and Brian and Pat McAfee who are, yeah, that's it. So they're, they're the, uh, Jim, Nellie is Aaron Rodgers. And so you've got this, Nellie's Aaron Rodgers, these people that hired to scare the magician, Rogers. they make fun of him and they find out the reason why that they hate or that she hates the magician and, um, but then they're nice to him. So you got all these fans and Pat McAfee who are like super good friends with them. So there's no real actual reason why they're being mean to the magician, Brian Gutekunst, but they are because they found out the reason why that Nelly hates magicians and they're trying to be nice to him. So they're trying to gain favor with Nelly and ah. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, See, I, I was going a completely different way with it, so I was totally lost, but you came around a different corner, so now I'm, I think I'm getting it a little bit. Uh, uh, yeah, but then you got Rob, Bright, Robert California, who are us, are the rational, 
consumers as rational Packer fans who are like, why is, does, going on? Yeah. is Jim being mean to the magician? Right. So why we're wondering why are Packer fans and Pat McAfee being too bright, mean to Brian Gutekunst? I think I got it wrong. Yeah, no, point. I got it. I, it <laughs> does. All right, I no, ramble on. It made no sense, but it does. Okay, bye. So, I, I was thinking this had something to do with like we're deliberately trying to scare Aaron Rodgers away or something like that. That was the point of the magician thing, and I was trying to like, what are we? Where are we going with this here? But I, I get it. So in the office, they really, really don't like Nelly, and so. Jim's, I don't know if they're married yet or whatever, Pam calls Jim and is like, hey, we're, we're doing this uh, party and we're going to make it awful. Like half inflated balloons, like it's just going to be the worst party ever. And Jim just found out that she was scared of clowns and he's like, oh, get a clown or, or a magician, get, get a magician. So they're all trying to just crap on Nelly. See, now I'm getting confused. Anyways, then they find out that the reason he doesn't, she doesn't like magicians is because I think her ex-boyfriend who broke her heart, her ex-husband or whatever, ran off with somebody else, and he was a magician, and so it's this horrible thing. And so then they start to empathize, and they feel bad. And then, in order to make her feel better, when the magician shows up, they start picking on the magician. So, some of the context I don't think works, but from that standpoint, I think it works. You have people who are trying to appease Rogers by picking on this innocent person, because he is the image of what she or in this case, Rogers, hates. He is the the picture of everything that is, I guess, anti-Rogers or whatever. And so in order to appease Rogers, you dump on Brian Gutekunst. Something like that. I don't know. I get it, though. We got there. Tell you what, though, for, for uh, Blaine and JJ and whatnot that like to put those scenes together, I think I've done, like, one. Um, I think there might be something there with the, the magician. And again, Robert California, who has no idea I think he's the one that hired Nelly, kind of. Although Nelly's kind of stole the job, I think. He just walks in and sees there's a party, and the party sucks. And um, there's a magician, and they're all just picking on the magician. Jim is in particular. And again, as just regular old people looking at the situation with no context, it doesn't make a lot of sense why this person is being treated poorly. Hey, Ryan, this is uh, Anthony. I'm calling from Detroit. Ew. Um, I called a few weeks ago. I said I was going to call because I have a lot of thoughts on the Lions. I'm not a Lions fan, obviously. I'm a Packers fan. But yeah. uh, this is getting crazy, man. This this whole Lions charade, you know, we're, like, doing a make-a-wish for them, and we're letting them pretend that they think they're Super Bowl contenders when, you know, they've never won a playoff game in my life. Right. I'm 33. You know, and so um, it's just crazy. There's like this scene in the movie uh, The Jerk. I don't know if you've oh, ever seen it with Steve so Martin good. where they go to this fancy restaurant and uh, he's like super trashy and he's ordering like he wants the newest wine because they're giving him wine from the 60s. <laughs> yeah. um, it's really funny. You should watch the scene. But it's, it's just like one of those scenes where, you know, they're where they don't belong. And yeah, so... Again, context, I'm sure you've all seen it, but the jerk is a super poor guy who becomes super rich, and so he has no idea how to act as a rich person. So they go out and get wine, and they bring out this really old wine, which obviously is the, the good stuff, but he doesn't know that. He's like, you know, look how old this is. What do we look like, peasants? Go get us some new wine. Hilarious. That's how I feel about the lions. Um, they just they, they act like they belong there when they've done absolutely nothing. Hey, congratulations on 
beating the Packers in a down year and beating Aaron Rodgers in his uh, like worst season of his career. So, you know, but living here, and I've lived here my whole life, it's just out of control. Uh, they have 60% or 70% of all Super Bowl bets are on the Lions, you know, and even looking at their draft, and I don't think it was good, but just watching these fans defend it and talk about how good their wide receivers are, your number two wide receiver has one career catch, <laughs> one career catch, and he's just got suspended for six games. Yeah. Like, Amon Ra is really good, and Aiden Hutchinson Ooh. is really good. But what made that team good and, and play well is that they were always the underdog. It's easy to get these guys hyped right. up when – you know, you're the underdog, and everyone says you're going to lose. Everyone says that you're the worst team in the league. You know, when you when you stop doing that and you become the dog, the top team, that's, that's a lot harder to get those guys motivated. Right. Look at what happened when they started feeling themselves, and they were like, we're going to make the playoffs. They went to Carolina and got God-smacked. Yep. They got destroyed by Carolina. They allowed like 400 yards rushing. You know, and so, and you look at their draft, they're just oozing with this fake confidence. Like, right. we're better than everybody. It's well, and that was kind of a point I made on tomorrow's podcast also. And, and again, I do want to dive deeper. I talk about Chicago mostly. I want to dive deeper into Minnesota and Detroit. But um, the the draft in and of itself, getting a running back and a linebacker just screams like, you know, we were one game away. Like from winning the Super Bowl, like they are the Philadelphia Eagles, and we just need these last couple pieces. It's really weird for a team that missed the playoffs. Sickening, and the fans here are sickening. It's like just act like you, you know, you can't. I guess you can't say that because they've never belonged. <laughs> they've been the worst team in the league for thirty, sixty years, however long they've been bad. You know, but continuing. Sorry, I got cut off, I, and I'm, I got kind of heated there. But, yeah, I'm just <laughs> like, I have to hear about it. Everyone on my Facebook page, the Lions this, Hendon Hooker was a tremendous pick. Jameer Gibbs is going to be the next Alvin Kamara. You know why Alvin Kamara and Austin Eckler were great players? Because they were a fourth-round pick and a set, and an undrafted free agent. They didn't take them pick 12. Yeah. They didn't take a 150-pound running back pick 12 and and as for uh Hendon Hooker I like Hendon Hooker I think he's a good player he's gonna he could be a really good player in the NFL but he's 25 you know he just came off an ACL tear so you add another year to that you gotta extend golf you have to so your timetable doesn't even make sense right you just you just you just got a guy who's not gonna play for a whole year then he's gonna be 26 and then you're going to extend golf. He's going to play well this year. He's got a great offensive line. I'm yeah, not- I'll, I'll be honest. I, I'm, I'm not plugged in with the Lions or any other fans. I'm stunned that they're bragging about Hendon Hooker. That's really shocking to me. I'm not denying the Lions have talent. I'm just saying, act like, you know, hey, we have a lot of potential. We could make the playoffs. Not, oh, we're going to win the division for the first time, literally in the existence of the NFC North. Or we're going to win the Super Bowl. All these fans are placing Super Bowl wagers, you've never even won a playoff game. You didn't even make the playoffs last year, and, you you know, it was your best season in, in five seasons. You didn't even make the playoffs. As far as I'm concerned, Seattle's the better team. They had 
the defensive player of the year runner up. Uh, they had the offensive rookie of the year runner up. And they just drafted the best wide receiver and the best cornerback in the draft. And I actually like Charbonnet as the number two running back over Gibbs. So they just got better and they did the exact same thing you did. And they actually made the playoffs last year. So if they were the ones doing this, like we're going to win the division in a bad division, in a bad conference, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't care. But I trust their coach who's won a playoff game and won the division and won a Super Bowl. A lot, you know, recently, what is, what is, uh, Dan Campbell done besides, you know, go, what, four and 15 in his first 20, 25 games? Come on, man. It's a joke. I think the Vikings are going to win the division again. They have the best player in the NFC. They have the best player in the NFC. They have almost the exact same offensive structure as you, you go comparison, Lions and Vikings. They have the best player. And they have the the best number two wide receiver. They have just as good of an offensive line. Their running backs not as good. Their interior offensive line is probably not as good. But at the end of the day, Goff and Cousins are the same guy, you know. And they won it last year. I picked them over the Lions. That's it. I think almost done. I, real quick, I just want to clarify on that last thing I said. I said the Vikings have just as good of an offensive line. They don't. I know that, and I admit that. I didn't want to be told they, they definitely don't have as good an offensive line. So just want to go back. I don't want to sound like a dumbass on here. Sorry for crossing. Um, but last, that was my last point. Amen. Yeah, I, I, even last year I didn't really fully understand the Lions hype. I mean, I guess I did. It was because of the, the hard knocks thing. But um, I've always appreciated the Lions in terms of their ability to play above their talent. But point of that i guess largely is that they're not actually all that talented they have talent in certain places but they're they're massively deficient and they shouldn't have even won as many games as they did in my opinion and so they are a middling team that is not even good enough to get into the playoffs at at a time when half the teams in the league get into the playoffs they couldn't even win the nfc north last year when the nfc north was about as bad as it's ever been and it's probably ever going to be the bears are not going to be worse than last year the Vikings may be, but it's only because they were massively fraudulent last year in a positive way. The Packers are just a complete wild card, I don't know, but be- considering they were 8-9 and nine last year, I mean, it's I can't imagine them being significantly worse or significantly better. And again, as we look at the Lions, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I can say this, if, if this was an even halfway competent division, the Lions would be a joke. Trying to pick who's going to win the division is is completely useless endeavor. I I don't have a clue. I mean, I I generally stick with the team that won it last year, which is the Vikings. I feel like that's you know, it's it's as though it's their division to lose, you know. And um, again, I don't think they necessarily did a ton to get significantly worse or better. But what did the Lions do? And yeah, the the hype is is really out of control as as far as them being a very very good team. They've never demonstrated it. They they still have not even got into the playoffs, so I don't know what exactly it is that they deserve to be praised for. I mean, the Bengals went and, and did some stuff and just launched themselves into the playoffs and are now Super Bowl contenders. That's worthy of praise. You know, they got a quarterback, they got the wide receivers, they, you know, they, they've done things that's, you know, deserving. The Philadelphia Eagles, look what they've done. The Chiefs, obviously, after getting Pat Mahomes and whatnot. I mean, they, these are things that are worthwhile. Pretty much every example, by the way, is going to include a quarterback, which is something that the, the Lions should pay attention to, the Lions fans at least. 
But I mean, going from the bottom to the top is impressive. Going from the bottom to like still really bad, but not quite as bad anymore and kind of barely beating up on teams that are at their lowest. Yeah, I mean, I guess congratulations. I guess it just really goes to show how unbelievably low the standards are for the Detroit Lions, that that's something worthy of this level of praise. The bottom line is the NFC North is a complete mess and it's a complete joke. And and until somebody is able to establish themselves, that's all it's going to be. You know, until Justin Fields can take a massive step and take command as a quarterback, until the Packers can demonstrate that Jordan Love is the guy and these weapons are actually pretty top tier and we can get this defense tip top, uh, until the Vikings similarly can acclimate with the guys they have but also have a complementary defense, and until the Lions can actually put this together and maybe actually get some better pieces and have a defense that isn't just completely pathetic, maybe not give away one of the most important pieces like Jamal Williams also might help, but I, what do I know? So yeah, I, I, I don't know who's going to do what in the NFC North, but um, honestly, I think any team's fan base that has an assumption of uh, having earned some sort of high ground, not saying you can't cheer for your team or get excited or optimistic, I'm just saying nobody's earned that. Okay, Ryan, I think uh, a lot of people have had the opportunity to see... And hear a lot of opinion regarding grades for the draft, um, more in-depth look at these players that maybe we did not look at uh, too closely um, and have had a chance to study their tape. And what I wanted to ask you was um, regarding Green Bay's draft, which guys would you give them the uh, designation of instant starter or rotational second string or practice squad slash, you know, uh, potential of those three. Um, Looking at these guys that they had drafted, I think there's potential of at least two, maybe three guys that are going to be solid starters. Um, potentially maybe even another one, uh, significant rotational time. Uh, I just wanted to kind of see how you slot these guys in and uh, where and which guys, especially with the wide receivers, because I, I personally think, you know, Dontavian uh, Wicks will probably be like maybe uh, backup replacement rotation for, uh, uh, for Dobbs. Um, I think uh, Reed and DuBose actually could be very – uh, really, really good rotational uh, slot receivers in that position, and uh, you know, obviously Musgrave and, and Kraft both being uh, in a different type of tight end position, both probably will see significant time starting. But I wanna, I'm just curious about what the other guys where you really see them slotting in. So I'm out. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, let's take a look. So I'm just gonna I'm looking at uh, our roster here, so it's not gonna necessarily be in order, but based on position, I, I think I, I'm getting the impression I'm just a lot higher on Jaden Reed than most at this point, and um, it is what it is. I think Jaden Reed is... How's the best way to phrase this? If I had to guess how things are going to turn out in the future, Jaden Reed is our number one wide receiver. That's what I think. I think Christian Watson is a potentially extremely dangerous, dynamic, scary weapon for the offense but is the speed threat on the outside. And I don't mean that to denigrate him. That's an awesome thing to be. 
Um, but I don't see it as Romeo Dobbs is our ex. Christian Watson is sort of that speed guy, and Jaden Reed is our slot guy. I absolutely do not see that. I see this more as a Jair pick, where he was a slot guy. Um, and you look at it and go, it's kind of weird that he's a slot guy, but maybe he's one of those guys that's talented enough to play on the boundary, so he can kind of be like a boundary slot thing. That was my thought. Turns out, nope, he's boundary all day. He is our number one shutdown corner. I think that's what Jaden Reed is. Everybody's looking at him and going, he's a slot guy. Maybe he plays a little bit outside. I don't think so. And I'm not saying this is day one, but I think moving forward, that's sort of the dynamic. I think Jaden Reed is, um, the goal is to get him to be that sort of Devontae Adams type player. Not not in the same way or, or even to the same level necessarily, but to be that number one with uh, the, the trio of Dobbs, Watson, and Reed being just the core group. After that, I don't know. I, I don't really have a projection. Um, again, mostly because I have not spent enough time watching them. I have seen Dontavian Wicks. That was a long time ago. I get the impression really for him that it's there's a lot of growth that needs to happen. And I have my own personal concerns about his willingness to get there. But he certainly has a, a impressive skill set. Debose has a lot of love, as does Samori Ture. So I kind of see that as just a just a, a straight up battle. I, I don't really know. I, I'm I'm kind of leaning toward Wicks not being the guy early. I know he probably makes the most sense because the other two are the seventh round guys. But so Wicks kind of feels more like the Romeo Dobbs of this group, and maybe he is. I don't know. And for all I know, it's not going to be Watson, Romeo, and Jaden Reed to to start off the seat. You know, but but that's what it feels like to me. We'll see what Debose and, and Dontavian Wicks look like. In fact, I, I would I would actually go a step further and say that I would guess one of them of these three between Ture, Debose, and Wicks at least ends up on the practice squad. Um, moving down to tight end, I think they're both starters. I don't I think that's super debated. Um, Sean Clifford obviously is the number two. I shouldn't say obviously, but I, th- I think he's the backup quarterback. It's tough with. I mean, Van Ness is going to be a starter, but is he going to be like you know, he's 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 number three, depending on what when when Rashawn Gary comes back. So that's that's I think that's firmly established. And re, unless he's really really raw, but then there's also the question of what if he plays primarily inside? What's his role? Well, I, I don't know, man. I mean, kind of look at it strangely to say could Lucas Van Ness overtake Devonte Wyatt? <laughs> you know, like I guess maybe I don't know. But that's that's kind of where I see him. I guess there's a a chance he could be a starter if he primarily plays inside, but even then it's going to be a rotation. And I think the same with Brooks and Wooden, just because I, I don't exactly know where they're playing, but I, I see them as rotational backup guys. Are they both going to make it? I think so. It's not, it's, it, it doesn't have to be, but I, I think the versatility really helps because it provides depth at both defensive line and outside linebacker. Um, Carl uh, Anders Carlson is the kicker. I mean, it's possible he's not, but I think that's pretty well established. So really, the the only question mark, I guess, for me would be, for example, Anthony Johnson. I mean, it seems dumb because he's a seventh-round pick, but, you know, what's his competition? You know, assuming they're, they're going to keep Darnell Savage in that spot. You know, he's a first-round pick. He's got a lot of experience, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, but what about aside from him? Do we know it's Rudy Ford? What about when we'd use three safeties? You know, could he be one of the three safeties? Could he be a part of a rotation based on his unique skill set? I I don't know. My ultimate guess would be that he's going to fight for a job to be a backup. Same with Carrington Valentine. Um, who did I miss? Lou Nichols? Is he the only one I haven't talked about? I mean, he's going to fight for the number three spot. I, I, I hate to say I really want him to get it because I like him, but I also like Patrick Taylor and Tyler Goodson. So I like all these guys. I don't know. I like running backs, but... Lou Nichols is also the new toy, you know, and I think the Packers, 
after a while you look at a guy like Patrick Taylor and say, we know what he is. You know, we don't know what Lou is, so why don't we give him a shot at least? And so I lean toward him being given a little bit of an advantage in that regard, especially since he's a backup. It's not a pivotal thing like he's going to be your starter and, you know, you lean on what you trust. Who cares? The number three guy, he can play. Let's see if we can get a lot out of him. Um, And then just looking at the undrafted free agents, I mean, I guess Deuce Watts, you could say, at wide receiver, along with uh, Malik Heath, just because it's such a question mark with those next three guys. I would guess they're not going to beat out those guys, but you never know. Um, We have a fullback by the name of Henry Pearson, so I don't know if that's a position that's going to be left open just for him, or if that's not really a position and he's just kind of filling in that H-back role and he's not going to end up making the team, I don't know. And then, of course, you got Benny Sapp at safety also kind of taking a shot with him. But everything else is pretty well established. It's not to say these guys can't win spots, you know, because, again, there are guys that have been around for a long time that haven't really done much. Could Valentine overtake Valentine? You know, pass rusher, we got Brenton Cox, we got uh, Kenneth Odumegwu, and we've got uh, Keyshawn Banks. Is it time that one of these guys overtakes, for example, Ladarius Hamilton? Maybe even Jonathan Garvin? I don't know. But anyways, good question. Uh, Why don't we take a break, and we'll be back shortly. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Uh, if I may add, I probably messed up on that last take. Um, probably slotting in Wicks with uh, Watson, DeVos with uh, Dobbs, and Toure and Reed switching out. 
sorry for that. I'll just uh, take it on the fly. I'm out. Fair enough. What's up, Aaron? Hey, Ryan. Um, I think this whole this is Aaron here, by the way. Hey. You probably knew that, but anyways. Um, so this whole Jordan Love extension thing shows exactly kind of what's wrong with society, I guess, in general. It's it's the fact that there's some fans that are going to hate and hate Jordan Love and wish for the uh, Packers to fail no matter what, and that's what that is. You know, that's silly, but whatever. Um, but then there's the fans that would be like, if we ex- if we offered him the fifth year option, he they'd probably be like, oh yeah, that's great. We got to see what they're we got to have. But then they're not gonna. But then they're not gonna do their own research when they see an extension worth up to twenty two point five million. They're just like, oh, what did he do to earn this extension? It's just like, no, do your research, see what the extension is, because it is a much better deal than the second or the fifth year option that you probably would have been absolutely okay if Brian Gutekunst would have been expressed. So it's just people don't want to do their own research. People don't want to think. People just want to have them tell other people what they're supposed to believe. And that's all that it is. And because it's like, that's why people just don't go out to try to understand anything beyond what the media tells them. And that's where they're, why there's so much divide between people these days is that there, there's, there's always agendas that lead to people hating each other because you make more money off hate than you do love. And, uh, not Jordan love specifically, but just, I guess, love in general of like, it's so much more beneficial for as far as like, your pocketbook if you can cause people to get angry and upset and whatever rather than get people to come together and work and it's just i guess i'm just tired of society in general is kind of what i'm trying to say i I wish that people could try to understand life understand how things work and do their own research and I guess live a little more. Get away from the screens as your U.S. cellular promotion is for. <laughs> um, anyways, that's just my kind of rant for today. Uh, yeah, people that just don't understand this Jordan Love extension and they see the word extension and they freak out. And, uh, Jordan Love is the future. Jordan Love is our now. That's all we can accept. And we have to wish for the best. That's going forward. That's all we can do. We know nothing. And that's what this whole extension is to find out. And anyways, uh, have a good one. Uh, I keep thinking it's the weekend, so I keep saying have a good weekend, but it's Wednesday, I think. Anyways, bye. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> that is sort of the, the frustration, I guess, and it, it makes it kind of useless. When you when you really step back and think about it, it's it really is like we're pre-programmed drones, and we did this to ourselves. We've all established our own positions on whatever it is, and it doesn't matter what it is. We, we, we see something and we say, okay, this is what I think. And then we turn ourselves into these machines that only hears what we want to hear. Everything that we see, either, um, either I can contort it into being proof, or I can't and it's probably BS, or I try to explain it away or whatever. But it, it's weird that we do that because... I mean, it, it's, it's all just information. We should have the ability to take in information and be completely objective about it and not um, try to pass it through these... Fil- why, why, why do we do that? 
why do we create these sort of machines that pre-process things to make it fit what we want? Do, do you not see how that's circular and, and causes you to be stuck in a... Let me just put it this way. If you were wrong, how would you know? How would you know if you were wrong? You'd have no way of knowing because all the information gets filtered through the presumed assumption that I'm already right. So if it comes in and supports me, that's more evidence and I just got more right. And I, I, I'm a bigger uh, superpower within my own um, thinking. And if it doesn't, then it's obviously wrong because it's doesn't fit what I think. So we reject the information. How would you know if that was good information, though? You wouldn't. Because it's automatically bad information if it contradicts what you believe. And and the funny thing is, how much information did we use to put ourselves in the position of being so sure that we're right about something? Very little. In fact, sometimes it's no data. We just sit here and think about it and go, yeah, this is what I think. I think everybody, myself included, needs to do a better job of just listening and, and Whenever you engage in a discussion, go into it saying, maybe I'm wrong and I'm going to listen. And if you can't do that, then you shouldn't engage in the conversation. I never do that. I always go into a argument with somebody with the assumption that I'm smart and I'm going to prove that you're an idiot. I still think I'm right. I mean, everybody thinks they're right. That's the point. Nobody thinks they're wrong about anything. That's kind of impossible. If you think it's wrong, then you don't think it's right. Nobody believes something that they don't believe. They may act out something that they don't believe, but nobody believes what they don't believe. Everybody believes what they believe. But you also have to understand that you're probably not right about 100% of things, especially when you factor in that every single thing you believe, somebody that is infinitely smarter than you believes the exact opposite. And you know this, and you know they can run intellectual circles around you. That should at least give you pause to be like, I don't know, dude, maybe. But it doesn't. And so we get social media, which is a bunch of people who are robots that were created robots by themselves. We all created ourselves into robots who only think one way and cannot think any other way and cannot have our minds changed about anything. And then there's the same arguments over and over and over and over that never lead to anything. And it kind of becomes like throwing meat into a pit of wild animals. And they just, as soon as anything happens, we all just converge in the middle and start attacking each other. And it's fun once in a while, but after a while of just seeing it over and over again, it's like, this is so stupid. We've turned ourselves into non-thinking drones. And even most of the people that say that they're not that way and that they're being objective, the only thing they're doing is just calling everybody else stupid, which is you just doing exactly what everybody else does. You sit back and you let everybody else go crazy and then you go, you're all stupid. Okay, well, maybe somebody's actually right, though. Not having an opinion doesn't make you intelligent. Saying I don't actually care about anything, I just want to say everybody's stupid so that I can sound superior and intelligent doesn't mean you're superior and intelligent. It means you don't care, you don't think, and you're trying to score intellectual points by just sitting back, kicking your feet up and going, everybody's stupid. You're all stupid except me. Okay, you sound exactly like everybody else, so just shut up. That's what I always hated about libertarians. I loved libertarians for about five seconds until I, you know, kind of got involved in it a little bit, and that's all it is. We have ideas, we're never going to act on them, none of them will actually work, but because we'll never implement them, we can pretend that they'll all work, and then in the meantime, we'll just call everybody else stupid, and we're intellectually superior. Dude, if a libertarian ever got elected, you know what would happen? they put all their ideas into motion, they would all fail, they would all suck, and we'd be in the same situation as we are with Republicans and Democrats. And that doesn't mean that some of them aren't correct. It just means I wish it would happen once so they can get off their freaking high horse, and so that everybody else can call them stupid. Same with every other view that hasn't been implemented where they can just kick back and go, you're all stupid. And so, yeah, it's a pile of people saying everybody else is stupid except me. Anyways. Hey, Ryan, it's uh, 
Randy from Scranton calling in again. Howdy. Um, just uh, something quick that I saw this morning on Instagram. I was just scrolling through, eating breakfast, and uh, I came across a picture on Aaron Rodgers' Instagram. I don't know if it was a story or something that he actually posted, but it was him at the Knicks game with, I think, Wilson and someone else. And... I noticed he tagged David Bakhtiari in the picture, but I, I'm not sure if he was there with Aaron. So I, uh, you know, I just hit the comment button just to see what people were saying. And I come across um, a comment that Bakhtiari left, and it said, just let me go. That's uh, That was a pretty interesting comment. And, uh, you know, maybe, uh, maybe he, maybe they should let him go. He doesn't want to be there anymore, like Rogers, and then maybe it's time for him to go to. Also, uh, just a quick, uh, thing, uh, I saw the Packers sign that, um, I think his name was Brenton Cox from mm-hmm. Florida. Um, Looks like an interesting story. Uh, I don't know if you discussed it on your podcast at all. Just trying to catch up. So if you did, sorry. But uh, if not, maybe we can uh, get a little detail into him. Looks like uh, if he can stay off the devil's lettuce, uh, he be- can become something promising. All right. Thanks for letting me call in. See you. Go back. Go. Yeah, I haven't dug in a ton on, on Cox, but um, I-, I think – there have been a few times in the past where there have been these situations in which there's a really non-football reason for a guy to fall this far, and he really shouldn't have come anywhere near this far falling. And usually you get extremely excited about him, but for some reason, generally, it just doesn't pan out. Um, and so my understanding is that Cox was kicked off the Florida football team, and the Georgia football team. These are two teams that are notorious for having players on their teams that should probably have been kicked off teams, right? They have a lot of players that do a lot of bad stuff. So to actually get kicked off, not one, but both of those teams, is freaking wild. But, I mean, it's unusual for the Packers to, uh, I guess, take a swing at a guy like this. And, you know... Considering he's an undrafted free agent, it might be one of those things where it was so bad nobody wanted to draft him, but all 32 teams are calling, you know, once things pick up and for whatever reason he came here. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I mean, five-star recruit coming out of high school. I mean, he, he's the real deal. Six foot uh, four, 250 pounds. I kind of like that build, by the way. Just something about it. He's not undersized, but he's still small enough to be able to be, you know, to, to do stuff. But yeah, played a year in uh, Georgia, 74 overall grade. He had uh, 14 pressures on 142 attempts and one sack, which is, you know, right at 10%, not the greatest. Uh, Gets dismissed from that program. That was in 2018. Somehow he's only 23 years old. I don't know how. 2018. 2019, he didn't play football. 2020, he's in Florida. Plays significantly more snaps. Has 48 pressures and four sacks on 348 attempts. 77 grade. 76 run defense. 80 pass rush. 2021. Again, plays a lot more. 35 pressures, 325 attempts, 6 sacks, 81 run defense grade, 78 pass rush grade. And then in 2022, he only played uh, for 8 games and got a 67 grade. His 
for just was not really doing it. I mean, the pressures were still kind of there. 21 pressures, 182 attempts, two sacks, but the grades were just kind of terrible. He really only had two good games. Um, so there's a lot of issues, but yeah, there, there's just, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm again, I'm a little surprised the Packers ended up, uh, being the ones to take a swing at him. It's somewhat low cost, I guess, as, as, as assuming you don't think it's going to be somewhat of a, a locker room issue. But even if it is, you just immediately let him go. But you got to keep a close eye on this guy and make sure that he's not um, causing problems with the other players, bad influence, doing stuff around town that he shouldn't be. I don't even necessarily know what the off-the-field issues were. I'm trying to dig into some of the issues, it looks like there was... Um, an accumulation of issues uh, going back to his Georgia time. Cox was involved in a disciplinary issue back in April when he was arrested for marijuana possession, but that wasn't the sole reasoning for Brenton Cox leaving the program. We are being told here at the Bulldog Maven that perhaps Cox had, Cox had become a bad apple within the locker room, and with the incredible depth at the outside linebacker position, there was no room for a player who wasn't fully bought in. There have also been rumors swirling that Brenton Cox was playing, uh, possibly being asked to take on a different role as a defensive end with players like Jermaine Johnson and Nolan Smith now at campus at outside linebacker. So, off the field issues, locker room issues, Georgia let him go first. So, I, I just, based on experience, don't have a, a, a lot of hope for Brenton Cox just based on, you know, having seen this play out in the past, whether it be off the field medical issues, off the field. Um, disciplinary issues locker room issues where guys who are you know whatever second round talents fall to the seventh round or third round talents whatever he is i just i don't think it usually pans out but i hope it does it'd be amazing if it did i think a lot of offensive linemen i'm not gonna lie i was kind of surprised again, but on the other end what's what who who is this the reason why the packers draft is always so lame because they take a bunch of freaking offensive linemen which I'm okay with because they tend to do good. But you know what? This one time I want a bunch of weapons. So, sorry. What? Get hot. Let's see how we do. Okay, okay thank, thanks, Nico. You, you, you want to clarify that? Come on, is this drug called you from the shower? Hey. Um, but yeah, we always take so many off of the line. Wait. Wait. <laughs> Did you accidentally call from the shower? <laughs> oh. I'm in the draft, and like, I just want the weapons. So this is the one year we didn't take a crap ton of offensive linemen. I'm not going to lie. I assumed our last, like, seven picks would be offensive linemen, but they weren't. So, uh... Hey, you know what? Let's see how all these do. I can't wait to see all these guys perform in pajamas and then in preseason and all that good stuff. So, uh, go back, though. Sorry, I'm in the shower. What a, is what it is. Gotta hop in the shower and look wild. And yeah, I listen to the podcast in the shower. All right, film me. All right, so go back, though. <laughs> just, let's just get to your third call here, Nico. All right, so we're going strong. I'm officially out of the shower. Congratulations. Uh, I, I, you're talking about Deuce Watts? I watched some of his highlights. All right, so I know Packer fans always get super excited about their receivers. From Jeff Janice. Don't you dare. <laughs> that guy was going to be Jordy number Don't two. Don't you dare talk about Jeff Janice. But he was all right, you know. <clears throat> but, dude, Deuce Watts? Dude, that's cool, that dude! 
<laughs> I'm all into the other the first receiver we picked. He is a route running fool. Yeah. I I'm just gonna call him. He is gonna be a a great receiver. Um, <clears throat> but Deuce Watts name alone is there is there a better name you can have than Deuce? Yes. Because he's gonna be dropping deuces all, on all defenses. Hello. And all he's the a hands catcher. Better. You don't make hands catchers no more. Everyone's crap. No one can catch a hand. No one's a hands catcher nowadays. Deuce Watts is a hands catcher. Sound like an old crotchety football coach. Sure. That's like old school. So I'm calling it with Deuce and the first guy we drafted. They're gonna be on the. They're gonna be on the roster. They're gonna be like probably two and four. You know, Christian's clearly gonna be number one. The 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 guy we drafted in the second round, he's gonna be a close number two. I think. Uh, I think Dobbs will, will. I think Dobbs is going to get better this year. And Deuce Watts, dude, that fool. I'm calling it right now. Uh, he's going to be good. If you're a hand catcher, you're just better than everybody. So, hey, um, go Petco and uh, peace out. Yeah, man, I'm pretty jacked up. It sounds like uh, maybe you and I are somewhat on the same page as far as wide receivers. I was getting the feeling it was just me that was on this uh, Reed hype train, but I'm glad it's me and you, Nico. Man, we're 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 gonna hold it down here. But yeah, I, I I mean I I do feel good about the wide receivers. They're they're every single one of them is a question mark, but that doesn't mean they're bad. It's not the same thing. And you know, I, the lack of optimism and specifically the amount of pessimism that there is is it it, it is a little annoying. Just because again, there was a time last year where we were excited because Christian Watson was a freaking star. And even the media was like, dude, this Christian Watson kid is a, it looks like he's going to be a superstar. This is unbelievable. And um, we all like Romeo Dobbs. And then a year passed and Rodgers left. And it's like, well, we're all screwed because the wide receivers suck. Like, wait, what? Like, well, I don't know. Christian Watson, he had like a good week or something. And Dobbs had like a good week, but probably trash. And Torrey's like, a, I mean, he might be our only hope. I don't even know. Is Jaden Reed guy's like a slot guy? He's something stupid. I don't know. Wicks is like his tall idiot guy, I don't know, and then DeBose, freaking, I don't even know, he's got a stupid name. And we got these tight ends, but they probably suck. I mean, Musgrave played like two games, and Tucker Craft is a third-round bust, so we're just good. Like, what, why? I don't get it. I don't get it. Could it, could it, mm, never mind, never mind, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So we got a bunch of cheese ball in next. I think I'm just going to skip over that for now because we're short on time. I might even just do a separate little cheese ball and thing and post it up on Patreon or something. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But I'll, I'll have to circle back to it because I, I, I addressed one, right? Because that one day I was like, I'm in a bad mood. Let's just get one out of the way. So that one's done. But we still have one, two, three, four, five, six more calls that came in. So I'll skip those for now. We'll double back and do a couple more of uh, Bramble. Hey, Ryan. Brambo. Um, hey, Bramble. I went with these guys that are playing on Packernet after dark. Give you a couple more seconds here. He roasting some of these callers. The thought occurred to me that you should let me have access to the Packernet voicemail and then teach me how to do a little recording and I'll just roast some of these callers. Um, Oh, my goodness. We didn't draft offensive line. What happens if the all-pro left tackle who blocks every single person in the world gets injured? Well, I'm sure we're not going to be as good there. 
You're not going to draft an offensive freaking tackle or an offensive lineman that's going to come in and replace David Bakhtiari. As you said, we overdrafted offensive line. How many linemen do we have now going into their second, third, and fourth years? Can you please go over that? When's the jump? Second year, third year. Look at those offensive linemen. You said it before in the podcast. I'm parroting. That's all I'm doing is I'm parroting what we've heard before. You don't need to hear me say this. But you callers do. Uh, what is it? What's his face says? Pete, Pistol Pete, Plumber Pete, uh, Joel the Janitor, Shalom. <laughs> Pistol Pete. <laughs> Start calling him Pistol Pete. Well, I mean, if we look at 20, going back to 2019, is pretty much our entire offensive line. Um, it's Elton Jenkins, Josh Myers, John Runyon, Zach Tom, um, Yash Nyman, Royce Newman, Jake Hansen, Sean Ryan, Rashid Walker, Caleb Jones, um, what, Luke Tenuta, Gene DeLance, Chuck Filiaga, uh, and Kadeem Telford. I think some of those might not be 100% right. I don't remember. Um, but for, for the bottom line is David Bakhtiari, I believe, is the only person that's been on this team prior to 2019. Um, if you go beyond that, it's just Elton Jenkins. Like Elton Jenkins, I'm pretty sure, is the second oldest, I don't mean by age, but most veteran offensive lineman on this team, which is crazy. Josh Myers, 2021. John Runyon, 2020. Zach Tom, 2022. Royce, 2021, Jake Hansen, 2020, Sean Ryan, 2022, Rashid Walker, 2022, Caleb Jones, 2022. Um, let's see, what what was Yash's thing? He was, yeah, he was an undrafted free agent in 2019. So he would be the other one that would be as old as Elton Jenkins, I guess. That, I, I forgot to address that, too, with the, the other caller who talked about maybe uh, David Bakhtiari should go. Um Obviously, for a lot of people, that's going to sound ridiculous, and I think at the end of the day, my vote would be no, he should stay. But I, I, I do at least want to acknowledge that I see where you're coming from. Um, I'll, I'll jump on that grenade for you. Because again, one of the biggest benefits is a new attitude. And even though he's probably just joking around, it's still, you know, it's it's this not taking things seriously, everything's a joke. You know, I'm already paid. It's it's whatever. You know, these are the kinds of guys that are not going to buy into any of the rah rah stuff. You know, please take me with you. I'd love to be out there. I bet he would. That's the stage of life he's in. That, but that doesn't mean he's not an elite left tackle. And you know what? Not everybody's going to love it their job. But guess what? Some people you're just going to tell them suck it up. I drafted who you're playing for us. You know, not everything can be all you know as rah rah as you want it to be. We can't just cut everybody that's got a slightly bad attitude. You know what I mean? But I, but I do get where, where you're coming from, where, you know, that, that there does just seem to be some of that older veteran core that's too cool for school. And, and you know, I mean, fair enough. You're a freaking elite left tackle. So I can't say crap about it. But it, it just, it's not the attitude that I want, and it's not what I want bleeding into the offensive line room or the offense or the, or the, 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 the locker room, period. And by the way, I didn't. I didn't even see the the quote you're talking about. I'm just going off of what you said, assuming that that's a thing, because it sounds like it would be a thing. But yeah, we 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 do have a loaded, um, and and you can nitpick the the talent level of it for sure. I mean, a lot of the and that, that's part of the thing is we don't know how good a lot of these guys are. Um, Nyman kind of just recently came into his own. Zach Tom, we don't know really what he can be. Um, Sean Ryan, obviously Walker and Caleb Jones. 
And then we've got a couple other undrafted free agents that are hanging around that we got to see what they can do. Hey, Ryan, one more point on my follow-up phone call. Good teams do not rely on rookies. Good teams do not draft rookies and expect them to do good things for them. Those are bad teams. Bye. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's um, again, you, you generally have your core, and that's where the Packers are kind of in a, in a tough spot. And I think it's maybe where this whole rebuilding debate comes from because we don't really have, I mean, you, you could say Watson, Dobbs, and Ture are not rookies. Well, okay, I guess kind of, kind of not, but there's, I wouldn't necessarily call them veterans, right? And so the Packers will have to rely in some areas on guys with very little, I mean, quarterback, wide receiver, tight end. I mean, that, that group is a very young group that you're going to have to rely on. But to your point, that's not a positive. If there's a negative, it's that exact fact. And so, yeah, go, going back into other discussions about getting rookies to try to, you know, as part of the all-in strategy, as you can see with, with what like we talk about and I'll talk about tomorrow, the all-in strategy for the Packers meant the rookies don't play. That should tell you something. So, anyways, um, I'm going to leave it at that. You guys have a good rest of your day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.